ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Operation F1. I'm Mickey James, and with Reese Peak, it's been a few days now since the French Grand Prix at Paul Ricard. Paul Ricard is actually growing on me now. What about you? You uh, you feeling it? Yes, uh, I think it's pronounced Paul Ricard. Yeah, p- potentially. <laughs> you're, you're coming in here dressed like a European today. It's a. Uh, <laughs> is this your football gear for the football world cup? Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, right. Uh, so yeah. French Grand Prix. Yeah. What a Grand Prix. Quick recap on that before we go through a few talking points, but uh, good race. I mean, we've been slamming it. Pretty much, it feels like every podcast we've been slamming that, but... Really, uh, really slamming it. Yeah. Now look. It 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 really spiced things up. It was Best a, race of the fucking season. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was. No, Bob, well, that and Baku. It's yeah. getting better and better. We did start with a great race in Bahrain. We've had a couple of crap ones. I think, yeah. you know, Spain wasn't great. Uh, Portugal wasn't great. We were expecting more from that. Monaco, as usual, was quite boring, uh, but it was a good podium, good result in the it end. Is it- but, yeah, two two great, great races back-to-back now, and we are now going into a very, very busy period. Yeah, the second trimester. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seven-eighths. Um, Seven-eighths. <laughs> Private joke, private joke, private joke. <laughs> no, fabulous, fabulous Grand Prix. So, uh, obviously, Max um, manages to to get the win. You know, it, it, everyone's on the edge of their seat. Mm. Uh, you know, he had about two laps, three laps to do it. Right? Was it three laps to do it? Yeah, amazing. It's a. Uh, I did watch a, a little snippet from Rosberg. I don't know if you've seen it about how was Hamilton not really seeming to fight there. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, is that just a little jibe from Mr. Rosberg, or no, did he sort of just let him go and think, you know what, bugger it, I'm, I don't want to contest here because we, we, we could lose this all in this corner and then yeah. both not finish again. Yeah, well, from the last race at Baku, you know, Hamilton did say it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, let's not get him in 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 his way. He said that right before he pressed the wrong button. Y- yes, yes, yeah, but like, sure, please move on. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, Rosberg uh, did say that he didn't really put up a fight. No, he didn't, nor did Bottas when Verstappen was coming through. Basically, he, him being on the two-stop, the two Mercedes being on the one-stop, two-stop strategy seemed to be the, the superior one in the end. But before we go on to just the recap of the race, Nico Rosberg, I don't know if you saw much after the race, he was absolutely slamming everybody was he yeah 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 he's he 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 so sky sports got nico rosberg who's a pundit or a presenter co-presenter sort of guy on there and uh and they also had toto wolf and christian horner and he was just stirring the pot was absolutely stirring the pot uh between the two but was asking some very very awkward questions for the two of them and it was quite awkward to listen to but what a great job he did asking those questions. He was also uh, whipping up a bit of a battle between Lando Norris and Gasly in that f- second or third corner. There was nearly a coming together. Lando had to really just make calls, uh, change his direction. Gasly come right across him, nearly caused an accident. And Rosberg uh, put them both together and said, oh, Pierre Gasly, do you know he called, Lando called you an idiot? What do you have to say to, about that? You know, and 
yeah, he, he was he, he, he can, was really funny. He was really really funny. You'll probably find some of these. Bits he he on can come media. across as a jumped up little shit, yeah, Nico he can. Rosberg, but he can throw the cat in amongst the pigeons like that. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's quite value, valuable, yeah. valuable, isn't it? I think in the later part of his career, I found that he come across a little bit fake. I don't think he he was. I just think as, as far as the media is concerned, um, <laughs> as far as the media, as far. <laughs> If I say that one more time in this podcast, as far as such and such is concerned, you can slap me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he seemed a little bit fake. But when it comes to him within media, I think he's really good. He's still sh- sort of showing a little bit of personality. Is now he's less pressure on him now, isn't he? He yeah. can relax. He can enjoy a Grand Prix weekend like uh, like the rest of us can. A weekend? weekend? I'm just coming out of <laughs> <laughs> no, but he can because, you know, there's a lot of pressure on a driver, isn't there? And you, you see this a lot after they retire. Yeah. Um, you, well, you see a different side of them, don't you? I think drivers are there to focus on wi- yeah. racing and winning races. They probably some find... Are, they, some of them are focusing on fashion a little bit too much as well, well and it's clearly evident in his results, I think. Yeah. But <laughs> with the media, they probably get in the way a little bit yeah. from their focus. So they may come across a little bit catty and you know bored or whatever but they're they're just in full focus and over the course of that weekend they have to ask they have to answer so many questions about so many things not just sky sports f1 in the uk but then you've got germany italy every country in the world wants to speak to these guys yeah and and it must become very difficult and challenging to answer the same question over and over and over again so, yeah, now he's on the other side of the fence. He's probably looking at it from a driver's point of view and asking different questions, asking difficult questions. I know he's been around Sky Sports F1 a bit, but, yeah, this weekend I thought he was just brilliant. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. But, yes, but as far as Hamilton and that second-to-last lap when he got overtaken, yes, he didn't put much up a, much of a fight. He didn't really have anything to fight with. So, nothing yeah, left in the tank. Nothing sir. left in the tank, and Red Bull knew that. In hindsight, should have gone for a two-stop strategy. But when you're in the race, when you're looking at it, you think, how much have Mercedes really screwed this up for both them drivers? Yeah. However, when Hamilton talks to the media, he explains the situation. Once he'd come out of that pit, when he went in for his first pit stop and his only pit stop, he was behind Verstappen yeah. because of a major, major undercut. There was absolutely no point doing a second stop at that no, point. No, no, it, it it makes it pointless, completely pointless, because you're already behind. Yeah. The second stop's only going to make you more behind, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so. the second stop will only work if they undercut Verstappen, but you're waiting for Verstappen yeah. to make the move. Is he going to second stop? How much has he got in his tyres? They only know how much they've got in their own tyres. They don't know what what they've got in Red Bull. Putting the Bottas, putting Bottas to a second stop couldn't have hurt. No, you know, no, because yeah, Max was strategy. on a double stop. But you know, um, Perez hasn't stopped since the second race of the Grand Prix. You know, the season he just conserves his tyres. <laughs> Same tyres <laughs> all weekend, every weekend. His lies, all his, his, his tyres have done about three thousand laps. Yeah. you know, he's uh, he's just so consistent that bloke, isn't mm. he? Yeah, what a drive from Perez. Yes, yeah, yeah, deserved that podium position. So obviously, as as we know now, Verstappen won the race. Hamilton dragged the car into second position. 
uh, and Perez overtook uh, Bottas to to claim third position. And dragged the car. He was racing the car. I, I think it, it just wasn't a very good racing car that no, weekend. No, <laughs> and it should have. It should have been. It should have been. Yeah. And this this worries me about Mercedes because that is the type of track that should suit them and yeah. it hasn't. And that worries me. Changing of the guard. Austria is a similar track. We've got two lots of Austria coming up. We, we do. And I don't know whether it will suit them or not. I don't know. We had front left tyre issues again last year, did we not? In the in, in the Austria. Austrian, well, two there, two of them back to back, and Stereo then Silverstone didn't there. Yeah. And I think we just had front left issues in those whole three races. Yeah, well, it's a clock, it's a clockwise track, so you're always going to be the left side that's going yep. to be the issue, definitely. So I just wonder whether what sort of strategy they're going to be looking at. It's very difficult with Mercedes. With with we have either gone wow, great strategy, or what the hell are they doing? Yeah, you know, no balances if you know. The both drivers believed in the two stop. Mercedes believed in the one stop. You know, we heard Bottas. Bottas we, I've never heard him. Never heard him so angry on the on the on the phone on the radio. On the radio. If he's getting pissed off with Mercedes, you can't blame him. No, they missed him around all season, and you know all this other pressure about you know if he should be replaced and all that. No other driver is going to come in and be happy with the service. No, you know, well nuts not coming off, being ignored all the time. Mm. You know. <laughs> This is what we're seeing here is pressure. We're From seeing everybody. Pressure. Mercedes are under pressure. Mm. They've had it all their own way for so long. Now, we have seen this before in 2018. We have seen it before. I don't think Ferrari were as big a threat as Red Bull are this year. At the beginning you, of the season, think- they were. Yeah, yeah they, at the beginning of the season, they definitely were. Uh, however, I don't know what's what's different. Everybody seems to be under pressure. When they're Red Bull are putting them under so much pressure here that Mercedes are making those mistakes. Yeah. It's them that are, are screwing up. And I, I don't know. I said it on a few podcasts before. They are going to throw it away. They're going to throw both championships away if they carry on making these mistakes. Yeah. And I think that they've gone away from Paul Ricard, further away in the constructors than going into it and further away in the drivers' drivers' championship as well than, than they went going into it. Only a little bit, but each race it's just going to get bigger and bigger. So go. can you go through the points? Where, where are we at? Constructors-wise, Red Bull are on 215 points in first place. Second is Mercedes on 178. McLaren in at third on 110. Ferrari down at 94. And fifth, Alfa Tori, 45 points. Right. And the drivers, we got Verstappen on 131 points with Hamilton in second place at 119. And then Perez, 84 points. Norris, 76. And Bottas in fifth place, 59 points. Yeah. So, you know... (laughs) Anything can happen. It can, but that that gap's getting a little bit bigger. It is. I'm not so concerned about the Red Bull Mercedes one because that gap can can change overnight or change over one race or, yeah. or can get very close after one race because all you need is a one-two finish from Mercedes. I don't think we've even had a one-two finish from Mercedes this season. No, I don't think we have this and, year. And that is so odd because that really was pretty much all of the 
all of the results for the last seven years or so. Yeah. So, you know, majority of them were one, two finishes from Mercedes. That one between Hamilton and Verstappen, that's quite big. Obviously, that can change. What's that? One, one, nine to one, three, one. So that's uh, 12 points. Yeah. That, that can happen in a race, you know. Next, well, it can get closer after a race, but it's going to take two. Yeah, I mean, if, if Verstappen doesn't finish, oh yeah, next of course, week, yeah, yeah, Hamilton yeah. wins. There you go. He's mm. he's he's back leading the championship. Um, yeah, Red Bull have a big a bigger lead, and obviously have two more consistent drivers. I would mm. say than than Mercedes do. Yeah, um, a bit of a gap now between Ferrari and AlphaTauri and the constructors down in forty five points. Alpha AlphaTauri with Aston Martin right behind them in forty points, then Alpine in twenty nine, and then. Forget about the last three. It's not going to happen. But in the actual drivers, you know, you've got between Leclerc in sixth place and Vettel in tenth place, Leclerc is on 52 points with Vettel on 30. Mm. You know, and these guys, Gasly, Ricardo, who's found form now, it seems, and Vettel, you know, there's there's only seven points between that. Yeah. That, that can yeah. mix up in one race. The Alfa Turi and the Ferrari one is very strange. I mean, Ferrari have not had a good – Good race again uh, this this weekend. Just gone at Paul Ricard, but where Ferrari are are, are beating? I mean, they're more than double AlphaTauri now. Is that right? Yeah, more. Yeah. He's more than forty five to ninety four. Yeah, that's Gasly is getting the points. He's picking yeah, the points yeah. up. He's the only one getting the points. Yeah. So I think uh, Sonoda's had one point one finish. Point, yeah. One point finish. At one points finish. I, don't, I can't remember where he, where he finished, but that was at Baku, I believe. So. You know, whereas you've got two good Ferrari drives, drivers. Uh, but yeah, it's getting very close. Lando Norris, I think, is getting extracting so much out of that McLaren, so much more than Daniel Ricciardo. He's doing a fabulous job. He's yeah. consistently finished in the points every race. Yeah. But right, he is, I think he's his, right his lowest is eighth, isn't it? I mean, he's got yeah. thirds, fourth, fifth, eighth, fifth, fifth, eighth, something like that. It, that's that's correct. Norris, I would say, he's probably the fourth best driver on the on the, on the according the to the schedule. He is. Oh, oh is he? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good he's guess. The fourth best driver. Yeah. No, no. He he's doing a tremendous job. Daniel Ricciardo. Let's quickly talk about. I know we spoke about him in the last podcast, but let's quickly talk about well, his talking race. About him struggling to find yes. form and whether or not he would, and, and yeah. he's answered our question, hasn't Absolutely. he? Absolutely. So. Uh, from the first corner, he made a number of overtakes. He he edged just, out Norris, didn't he? He did. Yeah. He just, uh, as he used to like to say, he likes to lick the stamp and send it, and he did. And he he is the best of those late late breakers. And uh, you know, he, I, there's not many men that can overtake like Daniel Ricciardo can. We've seen it year in year out, particularly when he was in Red Bull, and we're seeing it again. This uh, in that last race, uh, he did fantastically well. The strategy was okay. The 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 he was just up for a fight. He just seemed to be a bit like Perez at Baku. Ricardo just seemed to be at one with yeah. the car. However, Norris still was was it finished ahead of, ahead of him. Yeah. And, and and I know he was in a slightly different strategy because he's just silent and dangerous, isn't oh, he? Oh, yes, yeah. 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 He is. But both of them, fantastically well. If we could have a team of the day, definitely McLaren. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I think so. Uh, if if not Red Bull, obviously. But definitely McLaren. You know, while, while we're talking about Ricardo here, 
I've got a note here saying that, that him and both Alonso seem to have finally found the form in the car. They're the last of everybody who's changed teams yeah. to to pretty much get it together. Yeah. It's take what how many races? Seven, I think seven races in. Seven. So um it's good. So everyone's up to speed now pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously I think- the McLaren is a better car than the Alpine. Yeah. Clearly faster. Yeah. Um I think you know we we've put a lot of focus on the new drivers and 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 the pressure they're under to 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 find form. I think that we can cut, we can confidently close that book about whether they're at one with the car now. Yeah, they're done. I and, think and this race proved it. Yeah, it? I think you they know? are all up to speed, and now it's just really on form and consistency over the rest yeah. of the season. Yeah, you know, and of the, the vehicle as well as the drivers. Yeah, and, of you course. Know, yeah, uh, yeah. Esther yeah. Martin were were great last week, but. At France, not so good. No, you know, no, no. But uh, yeah, I still like that Ferrari McLaren battle. McLaren won that at the weekend. Uh, Ferrari just seemed to struggle yeah. in you know further they got into the race, the further back that they did go. But yeah, I mean, there was not many dramas on track. There was not many on uh, dramas in the pit stop from memory. It was it was pretty smooth. I think that the the big one, obviously, being Verstappen just coming back through the field or coming back through into first place, and I think he's shown he's serious, serious championship contender material. I think he's showing that he has got the talent to be a world champion. Yeah, if that car is consistent for the rest of the season, he's going to get a result. He's he's going to win the championship. He's making less mistakes now too because he's yeah. sort of. He wasn't very good at dealing with pressure. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's drivers that have come into Formula One over the years and very quickly, you know, they've been consistent and they've not lost composure under pressure. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen was one of them. You know, when he was new, he was just extreme, wasn't he? Relentless. Yeah. Alonso was another one. But I wouldn't have put Max in that bracket. It's taken him a longer time to get... He's just as dangerous and just as good but when it comes to pressure, not so flash. This year, now that he's had a couple of races with extreme pressure, he seems to just be, for me, it didn't face him. Any pressure that he was under didn't seem to show this last Grand Prix. So I think I think he's there. And if, like you say, if Red Bull can provide him a consistent car for the rest of the season, that's it. He's, he'll be world champion. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm also seeing pressure from Hamilton. He looks like a man under pressure. Yeah. He looks like a... I know this sounds really bad. He looks like a loser. I know that. I know that sounds really bad, but he he doesn't look himself, and he he keeps saying that. You know, we'll pick ourselves up from this. We'll go again, but I'm yet to see that. Yeah, they've been saying I, that they, for about four weeks. Now. Yeah, I'm 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 not seeing and I'm not feeling it. You know, the whole Mercedes camp are under pressure, aren't they? You know, Toto Wolf, Bottas yeah. snapping the tensions. The cracks are there. You can see yes. the tensions. Tensions you know, are starting to grow. The chassis change didn't seem to do anything or achieve anything. No, I don't. It didn't I, prove anything. Bottas still had an unfortunate about. week. Yeah. Um, whether that was down to just poor car, poor car setup, or poor performance. Yeah. And a driver who's just not as good or as quick as Hamilton. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bottas didn't seem to change. Hamilton didn't seem to change. So, you know, but Red Bull just seemed to be getting better, more consistent. Perez, relentless. You know, and that's what you want from a number two driver. Red Bull didn't have that from Elvin last year. Um, no. And, you know, but they've got a, a much better, better car, haven't yeah. they? So. And they didn't get it from Gasly the year before. Uh, we know 
that he did struggle in the in the Red Bull and obviously replaced by Albon, but that didn't turn out any better. But in this season, those two are are, are well placed yeah. to. If I, I think if they don't win, if Verstappen doesn't win the drivers' championship, I believe that Mercedes will still not win the constructors. So yep. sorry, if if Verstappen doesn't win the drivers, I still believe Red Bull will win the constructors. Yeah, I think they'll win at least one, and I think the constructors at least will be won by Red Bull this season. I think, as far as the team is concerned, they look like a more dominant team. The car is well placed to to take the championship, but it's still a, it's still very early well, days. At very, this rate, it won't be days. Hamilton winning no championships because Perez is right on his tail. Yeah, you yeah, know? he's not and, far off now. And like Perez has said, there's no clause in his contract to say that he can't fight. He can't fight Max. He can fight yeah. Max fairly. Yeah, I think there's still quite a big gap between the two. Yeah, I, I do believe. Uh, but sizable, but not that sizable. It's only going to get smaller. <laughs> it's only going to get smaller. <laughs> so, uh, who was driver of the day, by the way? Ooh, I think uh, was it? It wasn't Max Verstappen. Was it? Was it Ricardo? It was Ricardo. Was it not? It was either Ricardo Perez or Max Verstappen. Yeah, let's have a look at that. But I, 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 I put down but, Danny Ricardo as my yeah. driver of the day. My driver of the day would have been him or Max. I, I didn't really care, but they yeah. both had great, great races. Yes, they did. They did. Uh, but look, let's... Good race. We need to look forward to the next one. But before we do, let's talk about Pierre Gasly. Yeah, we he's next to, on my list here. Yeah, Pierre we Gasly. wanted to do that. We wanted to do that after the on the last podcast, but we unfortunately ran out of time. But Pierre Gasly deserves a special mention. As we know, Pierre Gasly went from Toro Rosso got promoted into Red Bull when Daniel Ricciardo moved to Renault. Pierre Gasly, unfortunately, that didn't work out. And halfway through the season, he went back to Toro Rosso and uh, Alex Albon took the seat at Red Bull. Last season in 2020, he picked up his first win at the Italian Grand Prix at Monza yeah. and and had a fantastic season and showed really what Red Bull are missing out on. Yeah. At the end of the season, as much as we wanted Perez to stay in the sport, maybe, arguably, Gasly had done enough to yeah. warrant having his seat back at Red Bull. However, that hasn't happened. But as the type of character he is, he has gone from strength to strength. He has gone into probably a more consistent start to a season than he yeah. did last season. My question to you is what is going to happen next to Pierre Gasly? Because he can't keep himself at uh, Alpha Tauri for the rest of his career. Where do you think his future lies in Formula 1? That's a real good question. Um, I think it's not in the Red Bull camp at all. And to be honest, you, I was only actually looking at his statistics before. Um, it seems that he's had better run at Alpha Tauri than or Toro Rosso, than, than he did at all. Uh, when he was given back to, or demoted if you like, he actually got a third place finish in Brazil. So in that Toro Rosso, he has been on each step of the podium. The year after he won, and this year he's been in second place. Third this year, mm. so second second place. Man. So so he is, but he achieved none of that in Red Bull. And so he's, you know, he, he gets good results out of a poor car, you know, I, I think he's a good driver. I th think he will move. 
you know, he will go to someone like Alpine or Aston Martin, um, the McLaren seat. How long is Ricardo there? He's going to get, you know, Ferrari. Would Ferrari snap him up, you know, if, if it doesn't work out with Carlos Sainz? Um, but I, I, I don't think much like if Russell doesn't get this Mercedes drive, he should go somewhere else. I think, you know, Pierre Gasly should just give up on the Red Bull thing and, and look for another team to mm. support him because he's a great driver. Yeah. But the question is, where does he fit? Where where does he go? Um, yeah. Uh, I, and how, one, how many one contractors have we got this year? That are, mm. Yeah, it might be another season with AlphaTauri into next season. Uh, the concern would be that does he turn into a journeyman, a midfield team, a bit like Perez has been for most of his career, a yeah. bit like Hulkenberg has, was in a lot of his career. And and others around that sort of around that sort of level, uh, or does he find himself at one of the big teams? If we go through it, Mercedes is very unlikely at this stage, right? I, I, not because he hasn't got the ability for it. I think that they have three drivers to choose from and yeah. two race seats for next season. Yeah. Uh, so short term, short to medium term, I don't think there is any any option there. Uh, Ferrari. They're going to have a big headache soon when Mick Schumacher starts. And if he does start coming through uh, and improving uh, with those three drivers. Red Bull, I believe that that still can happen. Um, but I think Christian Horner has got to change his stance with Pierre Gasly. I don't know more what more he has to do to prove that he's good enough. Um, and Perez is showing that he is good enough for that race seat yeah. and the best second driver that there's been since um, 2018 and when you had Ricardo and Verstappen there at the same time and apart from that Alpine yeah Alonso could he have he's one, got two, he's year got two year contract so after next season he's French yeah that would work and um, you're in with Ocon who's also French yeah you know and he's he, Ocon's just re-signed to all 2024? I think so, yeah. yeah. And he's a Mercedes driver, correct? He was. I don't he think was, he and is it says now. there's nothing in his contract that is... Mercedes can't... They can't take him. No, no. That's it. No, he's he's left that. He's, he's gone. That now. That's yeah. gone. Yeah, that's gone. So that that could be an option. That could be an option that... When, That'd be the best thing for, if, for Alpine. You know? uh, yeah, there's a big if, attraction there. Yeah. Alonso's got two years. That's it. He's a two-year contract. If he doesn't deliver, I don't think he'll want to stay himself. No. So that would potentially be the good idea. And Alpine might be, you know, a top team. Then, you know, so it's a gamble. That's the gamble that you have to play as well. You can't always go, oh, Ferrari or Mercedes. Yeah, I want that seat. By the time Russell gets in it, Mercedes might not be worth driving for. Next season, <laughs> when we get into the new regulations, we don't know because there is always one that just rises to the top yep. from nowhere. The surprise yep. one when the regulations change. Uh, how bad would that be if uh, it turns out to be Williams the season that Russell leaves? Oh, mate, yeah. He leaves and, and then, you know, Latifi Mercedes, world champion. Mercedes <laughs> finished fifth in the constructors. Yeah, Latifi world champion. And Mazepin, who got the second seat there for next season, runner-up. <laughs> Oh, that would be bad. But oh, yeah, no. Pierre Gasly, nah, he's, he's a 10 out of 10 driver, I think. You know, he really is. He just needs a, he needs a bit of a break and he needs a bit of time to, you know, to gel and, and, and deliver. Some drivers take a little bit longer to warm to a car. They deal with pressures differently. And, you know, I think you agree he was he was poorly treated when he was relegated from Red Bull down yeah. to, to Toro Rosso. It could have been dealt with a whole lot better. 
And, you know, since then he's he's been faultless, I think. Mm-hmm. He's done the best he can in a shit car. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. So we're, we both predict maybe it could be Alpine in 2023. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I think that's probably yeah. his best, best bet at the moment, how how the teams sit and, and yeah. where we are contractually between drivers and teams. That could be, uh, that could be it. it. It could, any anything can happen. He, you know. he deserves it. He definitely does deserve it. And he deserves to have an opportunity to, well, I say opportunity to get podiums. He's getting that with AlphaTauri anyway. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but yeah. his, his consistency this season, he is there with Lando Norris getting, extracting more out of the car than, than his teammate, more out of the car than expectation. He's right up there all the time in, in, in practice sessions, in qualifying sessions, in races. That is so impressive. So, yeah. so impressive. We haven't seen someone drive the arse off an Alfa Tori or a Toro Rosso like that since Verstappen or Vettel. Yeah. yeah. Soon to be world champion if he if he's going in yeah. the right direction and a full-time world champion. Gasly is on the same... Yeah, he I is like a young Vettel, journey. isn't he? Yeah. He, he, is a, he is like a young Vettel. Vettel yeah. was, a, was a different animal to Verstappen, but I would say Gasly's closer to Vettel. Mm. You think of those early years in the Toro Rosso and, yeah. and the first year in the Red Bull. Yeah, that's what that's what he seems like. And twelve years before at the two thousand eight Italian Grand Prix. Yep, at Monza, Sebastian Vettel won that race as well. Yeah, the following season he was given that Red Bull seat, and he, boy did he go from strength to strength. Gasly hasn't had the opportunity, uh, but I'm I'm hoping that someone else will. Because I don't think he got the support from Red Bull, and I, I I would like to see him at someone different. So we're thinking that Alpine would be a good fit. Be interested to see what you guys think. Um, but uh, the next topic, I, w- I want to know what you thought about this. Leclerc's helmet, crash helmet. When you say crash helmet, <laughs> yes, you are the one that was a replica of his karting days. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, well. You- I don't know. He, if I'm honest, he should stop changing them because every time he has a special helmet, he doesn't really do any good. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I thought of that helmet. <laughs> well, I'm just asking because you're like me. You love helmets. Yeah. Crash helmets. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know. I really really like that. I love the the blue top, very Schumacher esque. Yeah. And, and it's got Spider Man feature on the side. That's yeah. where that came from. I prefer um, that to his because I don't like his crash helmet at all. No, it's a plane. Um, it's, it's got the Monaco flag in the middle, isn't it? It's white with too uh, much going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, um, whereas this one was uh, was great. I don't know. I just I thought that was something to. Do you I think you'll keep it? I hope so. Yeah. I do hope so. And did you see that picture? He was in the, sitting in the go kart. Yeah, with George uh, Bianchi behind yeah, with him. George Bianchi. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. It's yeah. Keep it. Yeah, I would. I would, I would keep it. I wish Vettel would go back to his white one with the German flag on there. Yeah, I like the simplicity of that helmet. I'm sick of this pink one. Um, yeah. I like Alonso's 2006 livid Alpine helmet. I wish Max would change his. Yeah, I like Hamilton's. It's got my purple and green on it. Yeah. <laughs> Just on the wrong head, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, there's some really flash-looking helmets, but that, that one's a pretty cool special one. When someone yeah. goes back in and has a tip of a hat to that, like like his one or, or Alonso's 2006 one, or if, yeah, 
you know, someone goes back to their carding day, but it's, it's sentimental, isn't it? Yeah. It, it means a lot. Yeah. But I think he hammed that up with the picture, didn't he? And uh, yeah, I don't know. Did it bring, did it bring him much luck? You know, we saw that Schumacher, when he changed to his orange one, that was supposed to be a special one, wasn't it, for Monaco that year? And he come back the following race wearing it and he never went back to his mm. white one. Um, and that just morphed and adapted over the years. That was, yeah. This might happen to Charles Leclerc. Yeah, that'd be nice. I think. Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. But excellent. No, I just want to get your thoughts. But as far as Paul Ricard, before we close the book on that, so we've got redemption for Verstappen, who, by the way, took pole, fastest lap, the win. He actually took driver of the day. Right. Official driver of the day. And he was fastest in FP2 and FP3. FP1, first practice one, was the only session where he wasn't on top. So he would have... He, he, had done it. he would have taken the clean suit. What is that called? You know, because when you get pole, you win and you get fastest lap. That's the hat trick, isn't yeah. it? But but I, I don't know. The Verstappen. The Verstappen Grand Slam. Yeah. You know, yeah. has any driver ever done that? Oh, I would have I thought so. Maybe. I would have thought so, yeah. Particularly in the Mercedes dominant eras of 14, 15 and 16, I would have thought either Rosberg or Hamilton would have done that. Right. Definitely. But, yeah. Let's... Uh, that's 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 pretty much it from Paul Ricard. Yeah, goodbye. Uh, goodbye to the French Grand Prix, and now we're now we're looking forward double to double whammy in Austria. Yeah, so this weekend, this this weekend, we've got uh, so we've got two Austrian Grand Prix coming up for you. The first one is classed as the BWT Styrian Grand Prix, and then which is on the twenty fifth to the twenty seventh of June. Yep. Um, the following week is the Austrian Grand Prix. Yep. Same track. It's the Red Bull Ring. Uh, Rebels home race. You would think that they might do well here. And if they do and win both of these, it's good night, Mercedes. I'm sorry they won't come back from that. Well, yeah, yeah you know, we've got well, coming up, we've got two Austrian Grand Prix, British Grand Prix, uh, and then Hungarian before our big break. So we've got four uh, races. Hungary, v- Hamilton is is very good at. I think if he can do well at the British and hung, hungry, Hungarian Grand Prix, um, we go into the break on a high. Hamilton always does, and he comes back second half very well. Don't give me that smug look. Um, but these two Austrian ones will be pivot, will be pivotable, Piv- pivotal, pivotal. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Easy for you to say. P- I think what's going to happen is that Red Bull are going to dominate right till the summer break, and Mercedes are going to have to come back a bigger underdog than they are now. This is this is the one because I. I that interested. I do think Hamilton will play a part in the British and Hungarian Grand Prix. Yeah. However, as I say, what will be pivotal is whether Max pivotal or pivotal bubble. Pivotal. <laughs> pivotal. 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 Can right. I please just get this out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, if Max can build a big gap, so these two rounds at uh, Austria, if he can build a big enough gap, uh, you know, it could like you say, it could be curtains. Yep. Really could be. But it's going to be an exciting one. It's always good from turn one. Um, no longer turn two. It's now turn three um, the, the, at the top of the hill. Always good for the late braking and, uh, and for the overtakes. It's going, to be, it's going to be an interesting one. So first practice starts on the 25th of June. Race is on the 27th of June. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Good. Good. So excellent, excellent. So we'll see you on the, we'll see you between the two Austrian Grand Prix then. 
Excellent. Just before we go, a couple of words about today's sponsor, and then we'll catch up with you next week. Righty. Goodbye. Goodbye. Now, Eastwood Studios is a recording studio on the outskirts of Milton Keynes. It's currently open for mixing and mastering, and you can find out more about their other services over on eastwoodstudios.co.uk. was recorded at Eastwood Studios. Post-production was completed at MixMK. The sound recording is owned by Operation F1, a division of Operation Media Limited. The sound recording name and logo is protected. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021, Operation Media Limited.